Hello and welcome to Kettering Connect. This is our very first uh, time doing this, a, a new opportunity for us. We thought it'd be a great chance for us to connect with the church during the week, just to let you know that even though we're in this quarantine business, that we still are thinking about you. We're on a journey as a church uh, in the scriptures each Sabbath. About six feet yeah. I mean, give or take, right? It's fine. It's safe. It's safe. I it's promise. Uh, We're probably good. Canadian. Yeah. Uh, international. <laughs> yeah. It's middle leaders or right. something. Right. Sun centigrade. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What that I don't is. know. Whatever. Um, but we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about our sermon series theme and then our topic for this coming Saturday. Uh, just a way to get you into the word and connect with you in the middle of the week. So this is Pastor Jason, youth pastor at the Kettering Adventist Church. Yes, and been here for can, a few years, and this man, uh, contrary to belief, is not the Lucky Charms, uh, what do you call that guy? Leprechaun. Leprechaun, thank you. Uh, yeah. This is Pastor Patty McCoy. He's the young adult pastor here at the Kettering Avenue Church, and we're going to have a good time. Yeah, so we're going to get into it. Let me have a, a word of prayer, and then we'll dive in. Yep. So, Father God, I thank you for a chance to meet with our members and whoever else may be joining us online. Mm -hmm. uh, I pray for your blessing as we open up your word, that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide us as we think about what we're wrestling with as a church and the journey you're taking us on to come to a better understanding of who you are and who you've created us to be and what you've called us to do in our communities and our lives for such a time as this. So lead and guide us, we pray in your precious name. Amen. 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 So cool. we are excited as we start this new adventure yes, new thing. Uh, to uh, jump into a new sermon series at the Kettering Adventist Church. We're calling the sermon series Easter Gardening, um, which for us has to do with the Easter story. And from the perspective, as you read through scripture, scripture has this theme uh, about a garden. The, the book starts off with a garden in the Garden of Eden. And then as we get into the story of Jesus, we find Jesus wrestling over mm. this decision to sacrifice himself for God's children. And he does that wrestling in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then after he dies on the cross, he's buried in a garden tomb. Uh, and that is the first place he is uh, seen is in the garden right outside the tomb. And then at the end of Revelation, we have a new garden. So we're going to get into talking about the four gardens over the next couple of weeks. Which, by the way, series. do you do you garden? Like, do you know anything uh, about gardening? I, I started a garden uh, with my <laughs> grandmother when I was very small, and I think it only survived because when I wasn't tending it, That's right. she actually went out and, like, it planted it things, yeah, yeah. and I thought it was all me. You? Um, so I do not. However, at the Calvert home, we do have several box gardens that my wife and my three children love to take care of. Um, but personally, I kind of hate it. It's yeah. a ton of work. It is a, a lot of work. It's a commitment. There are people that are made for it. Oh, I, know. I am not one of those people. No, so, no. Yeah. I, I like Kroger. But, uh, but what, what's your thought on this? Uh, first of all, let, let's talk a little bit and, and just get this out of the way at first, is that there's some people that uh, are concerned or mm. they disagree with the idea of even celebrating Easter oh, um, yeah. and that because they think it's a, a pagan holiday. So why do you think uh, at the Kettering Adventist Church that we are having a special Easter focus? Yeah. So, I mean, just think about the things that you celebrate, right? Or the things that I celebrate. I celebrate anniversaries and birthdays and the Cubs winning the World Series. And or the Reds or, you know. Yeah, but, but some of our memories cannot go back point. that far. But right, the, but the, the things that we like to celebrate, um, it seems to me like it's usually connected with a relationship, something that you care about. It has deep value and you're you're just intimately connected to that relationship right the context is always relationship so i feel like if a relationship with jesus 
has any sort of meaning whatsoever, like a personal meaning, because there is a personal relationship, then of course you're going to celebrate it versus, well, just a historical figure recognizing something that happened in the past. Well, yeah, I'm going to be less likely to celebrate that because it doesn't really connect to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do, what do you think? Well, and, and really, I think what some people forget is how storied the Jews were. Oh, um, for sure. You know, I mean, yeah. I, the scripture wasn't even written down for a long period of time because they passed on the stories. So they had festivals and they had all these celebrations throughout the year right. so they could remember their story. So I think for us, what it is, is a chance to just remember sure. during this time of the year um, why we're Christians. I mean, the story of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is what allows us to be here today. Oh, and it it's changes, our reason for living. Right. It changes everything. And even throughout the Old Testament, right, they, they're always, uh, you know, gathering stones, right, raising an Ebenezer, building something so that, okay, tell your children, tell your children's children, this is how God showed up. This is what God did for us, right? So yeah, the whole idea of story, personal connection to this God that not just like interrupts our life, but engages and leads. Um, that's what we all need, right? Especially now, right? When sometimes we're thinking, well, where is God in the middle of all this, you know, Corona craziness? Well, let's not forget how he's always led in the past, right? So he will continue to lead. So yeah, I think no, we should absolutely. definitely celebrate. Well, and and I think, too, I, th I think we, we come to see such a personal side, the human side of Jesus through the story mm. of uh, the, the death and resurrection, uh, mm -hmm. maybe to me in some ways more than, than I see anywhere else. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, but I think what, what's true, you said earlier, uh, if it was just a historical event, I think it's also important for us to recognize that there's not many uh, credible historians nowadays that disagree with the idea that Jesus actually lived. He right. was a real character, uh, a real person in history. Uh, they also don't disagree with the fact that he was crucified. Right. Um, that's, that's, that's historical. Public rec record, not just biblical, but... Right. right. So secular. the question becomes, what happened after right. he died, right. and, and what difference does that make? So that's what we wrestle with. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think uh, it's Andy Stanley who says, um, you know, a relationship with God doesn't just make us better at life, but it makes life better, right? So it's not really this understanding, it's less this understanding that um, I have a relationship with God just so I can be saved one day, right? Mm -hmm. Because that just makes a difference either after I'm dead, right, or when Jesus comes, right? That's like this idea of one day when versus no, he died, is resurrected, and now his spirit, right, lives in us and makes life better today, right? And get, opens our eyes to seeing new things and yeah. seeing him lead and guide. And, and so, yeah, it makes it an actual difference today. Absolutely. Well, and, uh, I, and I was, so, so I'm, I'm speaking on the second Saturday um, yeah. of, of the series. You're speaking on Friday night Friday of next night, week. Yeah. Um, and so as we've been wrestling with our different topics, um, you know, I won't, I won't get into it too much now, but a little preview of that. Yeah, which yeah. You're always excited. A little, little teaser. Yeah. As yeah. a pastor, you're like, ooh, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but so uh, thinking about the life of Jesus and, yeah. and that when we look forward to the hope that we have of the future, when there is no more death and mourning and crying mm. and pain and all of that, um, is that Jesus is actually, um, you know, he, he comes to Mary Magdalene in the garden, mm. um, you know, and when you think about how do we get from the Garden of Eden through Gethsemane and through the, the garden tomb to the Garden of Revelation and the new garden, we get there through what Jesus did, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and Jesus actually said uh, that he was the gate, right? Yeah, right. Um, and, and so if you put that into context, the, the word for gate in the Greek is also opportunity. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. our opportunity. Mm -hmm. He is our way from through the gardens uh, right. into paradise, right. um, you know, and so uh, that's important. And so we celebrate that Easter sure. weekend. That's, and that's what we do. Which I would even argue says that started 
that even started before right, Sunday, right? That started on Friday when he dies, right? And, and the curtain, right? And it specifically says, right, there's the sanctuary and there's the holy place and the most holy place. Well, there was this curtain, right? This super huge curtain. I forget the dimensions, but it was massive. Oh, right. and, um, and when he died, it says that that curtain ripped, right? was torn. And actually, it does say that in the grammar. It was torn, but it was torn right from top to bottom. So this whole idea of, okay, if there's something that keeps you, or if there's something in between you and a relationship with God, like, I'm going to remove that barrier, right? Anything that gets in the way, right? So in that context, it was this curtain. Um, and, and just by Jesus dying, it's like, no, 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 all obstacles are removed. And now you can have direct access, which makes life different, right? Yeah. It makes life better and has a difference today. Yeah. So, so, so this is where we kind of geek out as, as pastors that get to spend a lot of time with this kind of stuff because we oh, get so excited true. about yeah, these yeah. things. Because like the curtain, yeah, it was said, I've, I've studied about this too, is about uh, uh, the, the width of a man's hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, the saying. width of it. Yeah. Right, right, right. So when you think about that thickness ripped from top to bottom, right. um, and that, yes, it means that we have access in, but it also means yes. God has access to come out. Right. Because right. he had set up that place as come here to visit the presence of God. Well, now right. the presence of God is his spirit moving right. out into yeah, yeah. all of us, into yeah. that connection. So it's really cool. What do you think about this idea of, of gardens? Well, so that's actually what yeah. I was going to say. I actually think that does feed into this theme that we see in scripture of a garden. Um, it, like I said, I don't like gardening. It's a ton of work. And, you know, I see my wife and my kids out there, they're layering the sticks and the grass and the, you know, whatever, right? They pay attention, special attention to all this stuff. And then they go out, they weed every day, and then they water the stuff every day. And I'm like, man, it's so much work. And like, and, and it's hot and it's sweaty and it's, it's miserable. It's uncomfortable, but they do this. And my thought is always, you're spending countless hours all this time and you have no idea if it's even going to work, right? If this, right? And, and so I remember last summer, uh, my son Noah, uh, you know, he goes out there every day. He gets really into this thing. And then like the first tomato, right? It took months. Yeah. And this dinky little awful, disgusting little tomato. I mean, he was so excited, right? Because yeah. it's finally the, the fruit yeah. uh, of his labor. Um, and I think that's actually this beautiful this, this beautiful understanding that we can understand through this theme of a garden, because in all, like throughout all of these four examples in scripture where there is a garden, there's always a keeper of the garden. There's always a gardener and it's always God, right? And so I'm just, as we start this whole conversation, it's like, okay, well, why do we see these gardens throughout, you know, all of these major events in history? Well, maybe it's because it's the gardener, it's the keeper, it's the one who's taking initiative to do all of this work right, for us, yeah. right? He's doing all of the, the backstory. And, and that, the other thing I think is amazing is this, you don't necessarily know, right? You're not doing all this work because you see, like, what exists. It's always, like, this future state, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I think, yeah, that, yeah, that could be one reason why we see there's, there's beauty in all of these, uh, you know, this garden theme. Yeah. Well, and, and I know we'll talk more uh, next week. Next time we'll talk more about uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, you know, sure. but, I, but I think that that often gets overlooked um, in its importance because mm -hmm. um, it, it was in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus made the choice, mm -hmm. you know, not my will but yours be done, um, mm -hmm. you know, and he, he fought there, and I think Ellen White has a phrase in uh, her book, Step, uh, Desire of Ages, mm -hmm. actually, it's one of my favorites to, to read through, and she says that Jesus was clinging to the ground, mm. the cold ground, as if, if the ground wasn't there, he would be taken farther away from God. Mm. 
Um, you know, mm. and 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 just knowing that, yes, what he went through on the cross is horrible, but he made the final decision to go through mm-hmm. with it Good in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of these gardens are important, and, and we dream about the Garden of the Future in Revelation. Right. Um, and that's fun to dream about, too, because one day that will come. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think it's important to tell people in, in, in that garden, uh, you know, when, when John is talking about what he sees and the streets of gold and, and all mm-hmm. these things, like, John is just using the absolute best things that right. he he knows right. to describe what he sees. Right. Is it literally a street of gold? We don't know. Right. But right. to think about the fact that whatever God has in store for us, it's beyond the best things we can imagine. Well, and that's the thing too. Like while I hate the work of gardening, I enjoy being in one. Sure. Right. Because it appeals to all of the senses. Right. Um, and, and I think that's another you know great thing about uh, about gardens and why God uses gardens. Um, you just want to be there. Right. You just want to breathe deeply. You know, listen to the running water. Right. It, you, like I said, all the senses are engaged when you're in a garden. And you just, it kind of brings about this notion of, of shalom, right? The, the state where we are experiencing peace, right? And as a people, right? I mean, not just now, but I think throughout the history of the planet, that's really all of our goals, right? Always is, is to experience shalom. We just usually do it wrong, right? Yeah. And I, I, this is another random rabbit hole we don't need to go down. But I actually think, right, all... I don't think evil really exists on its own, right? Evil is just the pursuit of shalom. Mm. You're just doing it wrong, right? Yeah. And so, but in a garden, no, it's just, it's all there. Mm. And you just get to absorb it all. It's yeah. just this amazing experience. So um, let's <laughs> yeah. talk specifically about uh, what our new interim uh, lead pastor, yeah. Paul Hoover, Paul Hoover uh, will be it. preaching about this week. And what's interesting about our, our topic and how our themes have laid out is that we just got through a series called A Genesis Week uh, at our it's church. super fun. Talking about I creation and everything coming together. Um, and now we're going uh, sequentially. The next thing that happens, God creates this perfect, beautiful place, this yeah. garden that's unimaginably everything that we could possibly need and want. Um, and then the next narrative is that his children, Adam and Eve, that he's yeah. created in his image, uh, disobey uh, him and take a bite of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Um, and that. So we we typically call that the fall. Um, and and why would this be uh, kind of the start of the Easter story? What? Why would we start mm. here? You think, Jason? Yeah. So specifically in the text that we're looking at this week, um, it's. Uh, I feel like I had it. Oh yeah, there. Uh, so this week the text is Genesis two. Uh, verses 15 and 17, but when when they have this experience, right? And that's the other thing, I think. You know, sometimes I think when we look at, you know, the fall and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we kind of look at it through the lens of Disney, right? It kind of seems like in all Disney's plot lines, right? There's like this rose, right? Or there's this this wheel, right? There's something, there's an apple, there's something that you can't touch, and there's like something I mystical. Seen a, I haven't seen a Disney that, movie, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. so I'll have to explain it to you later. But... Um, I don't think it's like that at all because it says it's the tree of knowledge and um, of, of good and evil. And like ultimately knowledge, like the greatest of knowledge is an experience, right? Experiential knowledge. So I'm not really convinced that there was anything magical or whatever within this fruit. I think being in this space was almost like an opportunity to experience not choosing God, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing, right? God said, man, all of this stuff I've created, all of it, like freely eat, go enjoy all of it. It's just this one thing, right? Yep. And at this one place, if you go there, that is a choice to experience not choosing me. Yeah. 
And that that's important because we, we focus on the Adam and Eve broke the rules yeah, and yeah. whatever. There was only one rule. That's it. There's only yeah. one thing. They had, yeah. we, we don't know how many trees, but there were countless trees, I'm guessing, sure, sure. to eat from and all this. And there was just one thing. Right. And this was uh, the, the test to say, do you trust me? Do you believe right. that I am a God of love, that I am who I say I am? Um, and, and so it's really a question about trust. Trust, absolutely. And we, you can even see that in the text where it says um, even, or even, Eve looked at the fruit and saw that it looked good, that it, she saw that it would make her more intelligent, would make mm-hmm. her wise, right? And so it's like she has this space when she's looking at it. She's like, in the back of her head, she's like, okay, I know what God said, but I see that it looks good. I see that it's actually probably was going to taste good, right? And so in her head, she's thinking, well, do I really trust God or do I trust like myself? And I think that had to be the hardest thing for God. It's like, yeah, his kids just didn't trust him enough. Oh, heartbreaking. I can't, I can't imagine um, what that was like for God. And you see, I think you even see some of God's pain. I mean, God is the one that asked the very first question in scripture. Yeah. And that question is, where Where are are you? you? Now he's God, he's omniscient, Right. right, he's right. all knowing, all powerful. He's everywhere. Like, like he knew where they were. Why ask that question? Yeah. So I think just like when I ask my kids, um, you know, who left the lights on, right, or who left this mess? Okay, or I, who let the dogs out? Yeah. Right. Yes. You <laughs> Sorry, realize only to. old people like had us to. know yeah. exactly oh, what you're talking yeah. about. But um, why did I say us? Really, you. But right. anyway, <laughs> yeah. But it's but you ask these questions not because you don't know the answer. You want them to engage and to realize what you actually do know. Um, and I think that's the beauty, right, where God could have come down and could have been like Zeus, right, yeah. and, and been like, no, wait, no, you disobeyed, right, there's whatever. But he has a conversation with them, right, and he's actually seeking the relationship. Right, and I think the, the, the difference, too, isn't that uh, physically they are separated, Right. It's that in their soul, they're, yeah. they are disconnected from God for the very first time. So I don't yeah. think the where are you is as much a question of, you know, like physically, oh, you're hiding behind those bushes right. or whatever. I think it's more of a we're no longer connected yeah. the way that we were, right? And, and, and they really instantly realize that there's something wrong, yeah, right? right? Like They're like, oh, man, they're, under, they're ashamed and they're embarrassed. And I find it interesting. So their first plan, and then I want to talk to Adam about this one yeah. day. I'm like, really? Like, what, what was your plan with the – now, you know, whatever. But the fig <laughs> leaves, let's not yeah. go down that trail yeah, too far. No. But, like, the fig leaves, so they try to figure it out themselves. Yeah. And then Jesus shows up and is like, okay, I see that you're trying to figure it out on your own. But that's that's never going to work, right? That that's not going to help this. Again, going back to this idea of shalom, um, I really, you know, we need to pursue shalom together, and that's not going to cut it. So let me do it, right? So again, the gardener is taking initiative, um, and, and it says that okay, so the the fig leaves didn't work, so kills an animal, and yeah. and and he does that, right? He does them. that, and he actually draws first blood. Right. In order yeah. to take care of them. So, so why not, you think? Uh, I mean, obviously, th- this is when sin had just affected two people, right? Um, mm. You know, as far as our earth is yeah, concerned. Yeah. So why not just start over and say, all right, we'll, we'll get rid of a lot of hurt and pain for a lot of people. Right. We just start over with these two. Right. So I think, you know, in the end, the scriptures say that, that God is love, right? And, and I say this with my, my students a lot, right? But when, when Andrea tells me that she loves me, like, why do I care, right? Like, what difference does it really make? And usually the students will say, like, oh, well, because you love her. I'm like, okay, yeah, but you love LeBron, and he doesn't even know you exist, right? So the only reason it matters when Andrea says that she loves me 
is because there are other men on the planet who are taller, stronger, better looking, more intelligent, more athletic, right? Have hair, right? All of these things, but she chooses me. And I think the beauty is, you know, the scriptures teach that God is love. And so love can only exist in a state of freedom. So there must always be freedom. And if there is no freedom, then there is no love. And if God would have just cut it off, well, then there is no freedom. And that goes directly against his own character. I don't know. What do you think? Well, yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it is, if, if he had done that, then the devil would have been right. Yeah, right. God isn't a God of love, right? Or someone that you can trust. Right. And, and I think what's, what's tough is we, we've all had the people that, that's, that the parents that said the phrase, at least I did, I don't know if you did, was that this is going to hurt me more oh, than yeah. it's going to hurt you, yeah, yeah. right? Which I Which never sure. believed yes, no, that is not when true. my dad said that no. as he was 6'3", 350 pounds standing over, this is going to hurt me. Yeah, right. More as than, they're laughing. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, think about it from God's perspective. Yeah. That choice caused him unspeakable pain mm -hmm. over the course of history, mm -hmm. um, ultimately leading up to the cross, which is why I think we're starting this Easter gardening series in the Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. is because the plan of salvation was set into motion mm -hmm. the moment Eve took a bite of the fruit, sure. right? That sure. God said, okay, we're, we're in this now, and I'm going to be the one to come, and I'm going to rescue you from this, and I'm going to start that right. by clothing you. Right. Um, you know, and so it's a very gentle picture of God, but we're always quick to think about, well, why not just start over? Think about the pain that he allowed to enter into his own world mm -hmm. because, because he created mm -hmm. and because he allowed that creation, the freedom to make a choice. And I think it just makes sense, right? We're starting in this garden where a sinless man um, was tempted to not choose God, was tempted by, you know, sin and all of that and failed. And then we're going to not necessarily end, but we're also going to be experiencing a garden where another sinless man was also tempted, right, uh, with sin and, and to be separate from God, but then he prevailed, right? So it just makes sense. Well, and it's interesting, too, you bring up a, a good point, is that, you know, Paul says that Jesus was tempted like we were, yeah. yet was without sin. Yeah. I actually think Jesus was tempted way worse. Sure. Oh, absolutely. In the sense that it, even if you just think about it for a moment on the cross yeah. with with the Jewish leaders sitting there, oh, he healed others, you know, uh, come down right. from the cross. and like, He could right. have. Yeah, right. He could have done that, a thought... Just right. something, a word, and he could have come down off the cross, and he chose not to. He well, held back. Sure. Well, and how many times in Scripture, uh, specifically Jesus walking the planet, um, like he'll speak to nature, and it responds. Right. So he's stuck to this tree. Well, he made that tree, right? He could have said anything, and it would have responded. Yeah. yeah, but no, I totally agree, right? I mean, I feel guilty enough for, you know, the things that I do, but he's taking on the guilt and the weight of all of that, right? For all of humanity, right? Since the beginning of time. No, it's so Crazy. much deeper than that. Well, I, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about this sermon series. Yeah, I, I know it's only two uh, Saturdays, but it's yeah, four yeah. different talks yeah, yeah. Um, since we're doing it over the Easter weekend as well. Um, and, and then we'll look forward to some more. So yeah. next week, uh, we'll talk about uh, the different conversations over the weekend. So we'll talk about Gethsemane. We'll talk about uh, the Garden Resurrection, the Garden Tomb, and the Garden of Revelation. Uh, but for now, thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for yeah. watching uh, this version, our thanks, first Patty. episode. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. Kettering Connect. And uh, we hope you tune in next week. All right, see ya. Thanks. Oh.